0: ...me to Genesis chapter 12. I'll be there in just a moment. Title of my message is God's Israel. God's Israel. And uh, after the events that we've been seeing since yesterday morning, uh, I just was led to this. I'd been working on something anyway, and so I wanted to share. Now at the beginning, it might, for newcomers, it might be a little bit different, kind of a little hard to understand, but You'll get it, I promise you, by the end of it, okay? The middle of the end. You'll understand what we're saying about God's Israel. God has two programs that he's been working through. Uh, He's worked through Israel under law. And they will set and have a kingdom upon this earth one day with Christ reigning. That's Israel's program. But then there's the body of Christ program, that's us, who are saved today by the gospel, that we are under grace, and our end result will be that we will be resurrected, transformed, if the rapture takes place, and we will have our abode in the heavenlies, the Bible tells us. That's why sometimes we give the little example, there's time past, right? Time past, Genesis uh, through part of Acts, Acts 7, 8. Then you have, but now, that's with the raising up of the Apostle Paul. We've been in this, but now period, dispensation for some 2,000 years now. One day the rapture's gonna happen. We'll be called up. Then God begins a deal with the, uh, uh, the uh, ages to come. The but now is from Mid-Acts to Romans through Philemon, the ages to come is Hebrews through, the re, uh, through uh, Revelation. They go into the trip then, then Christ returns and set up of the kingdom and so on. And so when you begin to understand those things, you can read the Bible and actually understand it. Uh, I know that God has a, has a purpose He uses both the nation of Israel and the body of Christ to defeat the devil. And we're on the victor's side, by the way. Now, as you look at Israel, that will become a part of my message here, uh, they did some things. First of all, we know that the Bible says Israel stumbled. They stumbled at Jesus Christ as the Messiah, And as a matter of fact, they murdered him. They had him crucified upon a cross. But it was upon that cross that Christ said, Father, forgive them. And because the Father always hears the prayer of the Son, they were forgiven at that moment. And so that then, they were given at that time a one-year extension You can read that in Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine sometime. And during that one year extension, the Spirit of God came down and they in power demonstrated God by signs and wonders, but offered the kingdom that Israel is to have there in Acts one through six, actually Acts two through six, and offered the kingdom to them during that one-year extension. But then not only did Israel stumble at the cross, she fell in her rejection of Christ and that offer when they stoned Stephen in Acts 7. So she stumbled the cross. She fell at the stoning of Stephen. And it's at that time that God began to put her aside. And then not only did she stumble at the cross, she fell with the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7. Then Israel, she diminished, the Bible says. She diminished during Acts 8 through Acts 28. She went in a downward spiral to where God set her aside temporarily. So she diminished gradually off the scene. She no longer has the favored status of being the nation for God, of being the nation that offers salvation through her God. All of that is set aside. At mid-Acts, God saved a fellow by the name of Saul of Tarsus who became the great apostle Paul. That was the beginning of the body of Christ, us, whosoever wills, so on. That started with Paul and during Acts through up to Acts 28, it came to the forefront. So you have Israel going down, you have the body of Christ coming to the forefront. At that time. Now today, since we're in the body of Christ, anyone saved today, they have to go through the gospel. It's the gospel by grace through faith alone in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now somebody says, well, what about Israel? Well today it's about the body of Christ. Today, it's not about Israel in that sense. But I personally believe something that's very important. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 3, through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, Israel, and I will make of thee a great nation, Israel. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I believe that history proves those verses correct. As you look at the nations who have befriended Israel, God has honored those nations and blessed them. America is one of those nations. But of late, we've seen America, over the last 25 years, beginning to draw away from Israel. They might come out and say, oh, Israel, but behind the scenes, they're doing a lot of things that really hurts Israel. Now, yesterday, as we watched the news, I couldn't get away from it Harley. We watched Israel being attacked by the Arabs, by Hamas, and some of the others waiting in the wings like Hezbollah and so on. And we see these things taking place and we know now that hundreds of people have been killed, couple thousand now for sure, wounded, many in critical condition. Men, women, children, have been abducted, the women and children raped, whole families shot and killed, and we see the destruction that they're trying to cause on the nation of Israel, and that breaks my heart. You know, the Muslim terrorists, Hamas, they keep telling America that they're coming. They say, Israel first, then America. As a matter of fact, last night I saw Nikki Haley on one of the shows and she says, listen, attack on Israel is attack on us because they said they're going to do Israel first, then us. I heard that again last night by her. In our country, we have well over 2,000 plus mosques and schools in this country. One of our generals said a couple years ago, he believes that ISIS, the radicals they're already here. And with the way we do our southern borders now, it's hard telling who has come into this country. We'll have our heyday one day for sure. But we begin begin to see, because of our relationship cooling off somewhat with Israel, we begin to see our country begin to go down. Because we're no longer blessing Israel like we should, We're beginning to withdraw, and that brings about some consequences of curses. We begin with 9-11. That was a wake-up call. Benghazi, when our soldiers were not supported and go to go in there and get those soldiers out, was a travesty in how our government handled it. Afghanistan withdrawal. What a farce. That, that was. We're having weather upheavals all over our country. Moral values are dropping, dropping. We see lawlessness. Life is cheap today. And even in the midst of all of it, we see a real exclusion of God Himself. There's no absolute truth today. We have a rewriting of History and trying to make us ashamed of being Americans. We're slaughtering millions of innocent babies through abortion. We're seeing some of the riots and looters in some of the cities around the country. We've been allowing false gods to build their altars here in this country, and they even have a greater voice than our founding fathers' Christian faith. We're seeing the rise of consuming, of pornography, of sex for everybody, teaching young kids how to have orgasms, sex trafficking, materialism, perverted lifestyles as being glamorous, destruction of the definition of a biblical marriage. The press, they're censoring anybody who disagrees with their point of view. Our government trying to take control of its citizens. Romans chapter one, verse 28 says this here, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Then verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I don't care. I know what God says. I don't care. I'm going to go on and do what I want to do. And we're seeing also in this country the rise of anti-Semitism. It's been up more the last two to three years than it ever has been in our history here. If you study this out, many of the early church fathers promoted what's known as replacement theology or covenant theology. And what it does, it removes anything Jewish from its roots. They say the Jews were originally called by God, called his chosen people, carriers of scripture, but through their disobedience, their rejection of the prophets, their crucifying of their Messiah, they've killed the Son of God. And as a result of that, they say God has rejected them. God has taken their kingdom promise and all their promises to Israel and has given them to the body church of today. The church today has replaced Israel because God's done with Israel. Now with that kind of thought that has caused for their need to reinterpret the scriptures. The Old Testament and the four Gospels promises to the nation of Israel. They can't take them literally now. They allegorize, they spiritualize the scriptures to make it fit to the body of Christ, the church of today. From the Vatican to the Reformers, many of them were anti-Semitic. From Augustine to Luther, Luther became anti-Semitic himself. Most of our seminaries today teach that God's done with Israel. That's what Hitler, by the way, even used. This is why we need to exterminate the Jews. They killed God, the Son. So let's kill them. The Muslims use this. Even Christians, when they did the crusades, said, Israel, God's done with them, so they don't deserve Jerusalem. Christians deserve Jerusalem, and they led the crusades back then. So let me just fill in, it's very simple and clear. The truth is, yes, Israel has sinned greatly, and Israel has paid an awful price for her sins. God's judgment has been incomprehensible. She's lost her land before in the past. She was taken in captivity on several occasions. Millions of lives were lost because of her sin. She's been the slime of the earth with a world that's always seemingly against her. Why do they, people hate the Jews so much? It's amazing, isn't it? The Bible says in Psalm 83, verse 2 and following, For lo, thine enemies, Israel's enemies, make atonement, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. They hate Israel. Now we know even in Israel today, 80% are atheists. But she's not to believe today but she has to be in position to be there so when the tribulation happens, she will believe in the tribulation that Jesus Christ is God the Messiah. She's 20% orthodox today. She's been bad, but God, amen? We were sinners, but God commended his love toward us. Amen? Genesis fifteen eighteen says this. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed have I given this land, Israel, from the river of Egypt unto the, the river, the great river, the river Euphrates. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. That's very clear. You know that? He says, and I will give unto thee, and thy seed after thee, the land where thou art a stranger, all the land of the Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. That's what God says. Doesn't matter what the world or culture says. That's what God says. He says, Psalm 105, verse 8 He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee, I will give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. Let me just say something about that. Do you know the UN voted to give Israel a certain amount of land? They ended up giving her a little sliver. They used most of the promised land to Israel, which was hers because she had always been there, gave it and made the nation Jordan from it. Israel owns Iraq and parts of Iran. That's the true land. That's the land one day she will have all of that instead of these little slivers. Amen. Jeremiah said it this way about Israel. Israel. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If the ordinances, the universe, depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. In other words, this is Israel's future. Only if the sun, the moon, the stars disappear, are gone, only then could someone say, Israel has ceased to ever be a nation. And if the sun and the moon and the stars are gone, this world would not be worth living on anyway. Amen. Leviticus twenty-six forty-four says this, and yet for all that When they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. But I will for their sakes remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God, I am the Lord." You see, a covenant, when God made these covenants, this covenant here, it was not and is not dependent upon Israel's habits, lifestyle, practices. It's based upon the faithfulness of God himself. That's why Israel has a future. God, has not replaced Israel with us. Amen? Ezekiel 36, 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Israel has a future. Apostle Paul comes on the scene, and as a believer in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he says this, Romans 11:1. 1. I say, then hath God cast away his people? What? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Even so then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Even when Israel said no and they stoned Stephen, there was a group of Jews that had believed in the gospel and there was a remnant that was living even at the time of Paul and the body of Christ. Romans eleven eleven. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation has come to the, unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Verse 15, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling, because now we have the gospel of the world, what shall the receiving of them be? But life from the dead. Yeah, they're cast away right now, but what's the receiving of them gonna be? It's gonna be a great day one day. He says this in Romans eleven twenty-five. 25, but I would not, brethren, uh, ha, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, now get this next word, until, it's only temporary, Israel's blind today in her sin and unbelief until the fullness of the Gentile. What's the fullness? The fullness of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is completed. When that last person is saved in the body of Christ, the rapture happens, we go up. They receive, they remain in blindness until we're called out of here. Then God begins to deal with Israel again. He says this in Romans 11, verse 26. So all Israel shall be saved. As is, it is written, there shall come out, there shall come out the sign of uh, sign the deliverer and shall turn away their ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant to them when I shall take away their sins. So what about us today? Romans 1130 says this, for as you in time past before the body of Christ have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy, how? Through their unbelief. Since God has set Israel aside, there was no voice for people to believe in the true God. That's why he raised up Paul, began to save other people in the body of Christ to save us in spite of Israel and her sin. Paul says like this, and I'm about done. I'm coming down the stretch. For I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, the Jews, my kinsmen, According to the flesh, he says in chapter 10, verse one, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is uh, for Israel is that they might be saved. And then he says in verse 18, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Now that's important. Our apostle loved his brethren. He loved the Jewish people. And he tells us believers to never boast against them. In other words, we are to be grateful to them. Because not only Israel, but we, the body of Christ, we both have a part in what God's about to do. And boy, am I grateful for that. Why should we love the Jews, be grateful to the Jews, supporting of the Jews? Number one, just real simple things. Through Israel, through the Jews, Abraham learned that salvation is by faith. Romans 4, 3 through 5. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by faith in the finished work of Christ. Secondly, through Israel came Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Savior. That should connect us some way, amen? Luke 2 11 says this, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And Paul puts it like this, moreover brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain in a false gospel. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Israel has given us the Christ, has given us the Savior, who died for our sins, buried, rising from the grave, showing the Father accepted that sacrifice once and for all, the final sacrifice, raised to life. And by our faith in that message, we are saved. What's not to love for Israel in giving us our Savior? Number three, Israel has given us the great heroes of the faith. It's given us Abraham, Jacob, Joshua, Moses, the prophets, David, Daniel, Stephen, the 12 apostles, martyrs. And the Bible says those Old Testament and gospels, they were written for our admonition, for our learning. What great heroes of faith they've given us. I don't know about you, I can't wait to get to heaven. Yes, I wanna see Paul and some of the people in the body of Christ, but I wanna see David. I want want to see some of these other guys, amen? The fourth thing, the Jewish people have given us the scriptures, the word of God, the Bible. Romans 3, 1 and 2. Did I give you that? You'll get there. Romans 3, verse 1. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, now get this. Because unto them were committed the oracles or the scriptures of God. Jews wrote the scriptures. The Jews gave us the scriptures that reveal our God. That reveal his ways, his instructions, his programs for the ages. And lastly, Israel has given us the greatest believer in the body of christ you see the leader of the grace program that we're in today is none other than Saul of tarsus who became the great apostle paul he wrote 13 books of the new testament romans through philemon it says this of paul he says i thank christ jesus our lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who before was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul never got over the grace of God. He was the perfect example of grace. Not only was he a Jew, he was a Roman citizen. You put those together in the body of Christ, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, you're just in Christ. And he says this at the end of his life, for I'm now ready to be offered, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Thank God for the Apostle Paul, that Jewish man. (laughs) That God privileged to come over into the dispensation of grace to be our revealer of truth for the body of Christ. We owe the Jewish people so much. Yesterday while I was watching the program and I was seeing, uh, you know, everybody's filming everything. They all have their phones up. And I saw them going into the cities, shooting people, didn't matter who they were. They shot them—kids, children, women. I saw a husband and wife, nice-looking couple. Took the husband this way, grabbed the wife and took her this way. You know what they were going to do to her, and they couldn't do a thing about it. Just being overrun. I believe with all my heart it's time for our country to stand firm with the nation of Israel. The helper, one of the very few true democracies in the Middle East there. I'm not getting political. Everything I showed you was from the Bible today. And we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for the people. God give them wisdom and whatever supply they need, I just pray that we come through for them, that they'll be able to fight back and be able to take care of everything. I love what Nikki Haley said last night. They said, what advice would you give to the prime minister, Netanyahu, however you say his name? What advice would you give him? She said, finish the job. She said, go after it, finish the job, finish it. And I just hope and pray that they might. It's like uh, a kick in the stomach if you're a child of God, that people that you do love, that they're getting hurt so bad in such an evil way. And then You're here, what can we do? We pray and we pray. You know, one of the verses of Psalms said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We know the time is short. We believe it's just getting ready for the big events. We're going out of here. We're going to leave. God's not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Christ. We're going up in the rapture then Israel will have to experience some more rough times. But at mid-tribulation, it will finally dawn on her. When the Antichrist stands up in the temple and says that he is God, Israel realizes who the true God is at that time. And she takes off running and flees to the wilderness and God protects them there. But she still has to go through some stuff. So let's just pray for Israel, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. We love you. I'm going to have a word of prayer, then you're dismissed. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Word of God. We're thankful for your people, uh, the Israelites. We know that she went astray. We know she's reaping what she's sown, but still we love her. I know you love her with an everlasting love. And it never stops. So God, I just pray that you'd be with Israel. Comfort her. Meet all of our needs. Give her supernatural wisdom, insight, discernment, how she can better defend her country. And we'll praise you for that. We look forward to the day when she will look up to you and they will say, we also believe in you that will be a great day, and we believe it's coming soon. Be with our people today, give them a great day in Jesus' name, and everybody said? God bless you, have a good day. We hope you received a blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.